Hey everyone, I'm about to get to my interview with John Trapp and Ashley Clark discussing ministry relationships. But before I do that, I just want to remind you that we have a new Bible study entitled Church 101, which is by Linda Oliver, who is at First Pres in Rome, Georgia. If you go to rym.org and you check out our resource tab, you'll be able to see Bible studies that are free of download. Uh, this is a uh, 12-week Bible study that deals with uh, basic ecclesiology, what is the church, why is it important. Um, again, it is a free download, so be sure to check that out at rym.org. Uh, we hope to have some more studies that are available soon, uh, but be sure to check that out. Here's my interview with John and Ashley. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Local Youth Worker, a podcast brought to you by Reformed Youth Ministries. I'm your host, John Parrott. Today, I have Ashley Clark and John Trapp with me. Hey, guys, how's it going? Hey. Great. Good to be here. How are you? Doing well. Looking forward to talking to you guys. Thanks for, for making the time. Uh, just to let our listeners know, uh, John and Ashley, they are both board members uh, of RYM, so I've got maybe two bosses on the podcast, a little intimidated today. Yeah, don't mess this up, John. <laughs> We're going to be watching very closely. <laughs> um, they'll, they'll tell you a little <laughs> bit more about that in just, just a little bit. Um, for those who tuned in last week, you'll know that the theme of season five is relationships and ministry. Uh, we're trying to get a variety of guests to give give us different perspectives on relationships we encounter in ministry, some that are specific to youth ministry, some that are a little more broadly in the church that we'll deal with. Uh, well, John was the former youth pastor at Christ the King in Houston, Texas, and Ashley was a parent of children who were in John's ministry. Uh, so I thought it would be helpful to get the two of them on this podcast to share a bit about what the Lord taught them through that uh, season of life. Um, and, and honestly, as I'm thinking about this, we've had parents come on the podcast before. We've obviously had youth workers come on the podcast before, but I think this is the first time we've had a youth worker, former youth worker and a parent in that ministry on at the same time. So you guys you are making history. It's pretty big. We're breaking ground, Ashley. <laughs> you tell them all the horrible things that I did to your kids in youth ministry <laughs> while I'm sitting here listening to it. <laughs> um, I hope you have some tissues, John, by the way. Um, so, so <laughs> yeah, no problem. I'm ready. Uh, so look, before we get into some questions and just discussion, uh, why, why don't you both just tell us a little bit about your family and, and where you're currently living, what you, what you're doing, Ashley, do you want to start or John? I, I know beforehand we started to hit record and y'all are trying to decide who's going first. So yeah, y'all decide. You want me to go first? All right. So, uh, yeah, thanks for having us on John. It's just Love, love the podcast, love what you're doing, uh, an honor to be a guest. So Absolutely. thank you. Um, I, uh, I started doing youth ministry when I was 23 years old, um, had no idea what I was doing. And I had, I met the, the senior pastor at the time, Leo Schuster, at, uh, who's the pastor at Christ the King, um, at an RUF fall conference, um, that he came and, was the speaker and I was uh, leading worship and he and I just hit it off and he was like, tell you what, I'm going to put you in my farm system. If we ever need to need someone at our church, I'm going to give you a call. And, um, 
so that's kind of how we uh, I ended up moving to uh, to Texas and um, I was a youth pastor and then uh, later the director of children and student ministries at Christ the King for six years and really God used that time uh, while we were at the church uh, my wife Christy and I to uh, for me to really feel a, a confirmation to uh, to be called into uh, ministry and to ordain ministry and so I started going to seminary while I was at Christ the King. Um, I look back on that with just so much um, thankfulness and gratitude for that church and the way that they were so patient with me and um, my failings and encouraging me um, and yeah it was it was a really great season in ministry to get to do that and and to get to be blessed by RYM while we were doing youth ministry there. Awesome. Ashley, just a little bit about you as well. So I met John at Christ the King, and then also he's ministered to our children uh, at the University of Texas in his capacity with RUF. And They can't uh, get rid of me. So we have two children. My husband and I have been married for 28 years, and we have a 24-year-old married daughter. John actually married them, and a 22-year-old son. And I am also uh, in seminary studying for my degree in theology and have done youth work in the past. So this topic's near and dear to my heart. Hmm. Awesome. Well, look, it, it means a lot that you guys would take the time to come on, especially I know... Ashley is working on a paper this week. John has people coming to his house in what, like 45 minutes or something like that. You're hosting students, right? Family dinner. All right. Yep. <laughs> so, um, so look, you guys are busy. I appreciate you guys making the time. Um, look, sure. as, as we jump in, and I think honestly, some of these questions might be answered because, um, John, you, you, you performed the the wedding uh, not too long ago. So I think things worked out okay uh, between the two of you guys uh, as far yeah. as ministering to uh, children. So look, but just kind of more broadly speaking, maybe just share uh, your beliefs about um, how involved parents should be in student ministry. Not necessarily, uh, you know, what was even practiced while you were at Christ the King, maybe just to start there, kind of sharing mm-hmm. some of your personal beliefs on parental involvement in youth ministry. Yeah, so it's a great question, and I think it's a really important question. Um, I think when I started in youth ministry, I didn't realize how important that piece of the puzzle in ministry was and and figuring out how to engage not just with students but also with their parents. Um, And even now as uh, working with – one of the things I most miss about youth ministry – uh, as an RUF campus minister is I don't have a context for a student's life. So when I sit down and talk to them and hear uh, about their past and what, you know, what do you think about the church or what was life growing up like, whatever, I, I only have what they tell me. Whereas when you're in a, in the church context, you, you can kind of um, get a better sense of uh, the whole picture of someone's life just by getting to know their parents. And so uh, even like, I guess, looking back now, um, I can see how valuable of a resource it was just to, just to know who people's parents were and the context that they were coming from. Um, so I, I would say that parental involvement and engaging with parents is, uh, well, I, 
there's a difference between parental involvement and engaging with parents. I would say engaging with parents is, is extremely important um, as you understand how to minister to and care for their children. Um, and I think parental involvement is also something that we should probably talk about, um, but is, uh, to me, that seems like something that is a huge part of your demographics, you know, like what, what is your church? Uh, what is the mission of the church? What are you trying to do uh, as a specific youth ministry and how you pull parents in to be involved in the, the day-to-day uh, side of your youth ministry, I think in a lot of ways is going to be dependent on your demographics, but I think it's an important question to think through. Hmm. I guess it's my broad thoughts. No, that's, that's good. Yeah. Ashley, what, what about you? I like that question too. And I think that the relationship is a little bit like your youth pastor or your youth worker is the coach. And as a parent, you are part of the team. And so you have to give appropriate trust. You have to know, you know, do your research, make sure that you trust the youth worker. And then you have to let them run with what they're trying to do and be on board with their ministry to all the children in the youth group. So like a coach and a team. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's helpful to think of it that way. Um, so getting more specific, kind of digging down into maybe Christ the King more specifically and not necessarily, you know, how, how it's run right now, but thinking back to when the two of you were kind of interacting a little bit more, uh, what, what sort of partnership existed between the parents and, and youth workers? And again, it, it'd be interesting to hear both of your perspective on this because, John, you might be thinking one way and Ashley, you were thinking another way. Uh, but what, what sort of partnership existed? Well, I got to Christ the King, and I don't think this is anyone's fault, but I kind of felt when I was there, and I think, I think that particular, I don't, I don't know exactly where the church is with this now. Uh, I think there's been a lot of growth even while I was there, but I think in a lot of ways, I don't know if anyone said this to me. I think I just felt it like the youth ministry is up to you and you need to make this. um, It's up to you to, for kids to want to come to church and to enjoy the youth ministry. And, um, that was that felt like a lot of pressure um, that I probably honestly put a lot on myself. I had such a great experience in youth ministry. Um, I wanted other students to have a similar experience. And I think probably I cast myself in the role of savior for our youth ministry um, so that if, if a student didn't want to come, um, that was my fault. Uh, if they didn't want to be involved, if they didn't have a good time. I felt like I was trying to manage people's experience a lot. Um, and so I think one of the ways when I was at Christ the King that our ministry moved towards a much healthier place was decentralizing the ministry from just me and as the youth pastor and then and to um to getting more, if you think of it almost like columns, like the youth, a youth pastor is one column holding up this, uh, this thing that you're calling youth ministry, but putting more columns underneath the thing that you're holding up. Um, and those columns being parents and volunteers. And I mean, obviously like Jesus is the cornerstone (laughs) that everything is built on. Um, and, uh, so that 
if someone is removed, that the whole thing doesn't fall fall apart. Um, so decentralizing the youth ministry, I think, was a really important thing for us to think about as a church. What do you think, Ashley? Did we I, do that? I think that <laughs> is so great. And one thing that I have thought about as I've been at, involved in church all my life is that I don't want to be a, a person who's uh, a member of a cult of personality. And John, I, I you're so easy to like, and you're so good at your job, and you've heard me say this before. It's easy to get lost, and I'm agreeing with you and putting a lot of pressure on you because, oh my gosh, you're so fun. <laughs> How could my kids not want to come to church and go on that retreat and do that? And that is a lot of pressure. And we parents jump right in and dump that on with you because we like you and we like your personality and we like your ministry. So I think that that idea of decentralizing, which I think you did really well by encouraging student leadership in your program, but I think that parents are equally as guilty, myself first in line. And we all do that. We pick the leader we think is the most like our children, which I think is, is a little bit sinful and um, we don't make it any easier for you. So I, I like that idea of decentralizing um, and, and forming different pillars, because if we were all on board saying this is about bringing glory to the Lord in worship and in life, it would it might change it from, hey, this is John Trapp and he's so awesome and you need to be in youth group. Hmm. But that is that's such an. Yeah, because the the. the ad- Oh, sorry, 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 John. You go. No, you go. You're good. No, no I was just gonna say, like, the whole point is that, like, we we want our kids to think that Jesus is awesome, right? And that that he's, um, that that's why they're wanting to, um, to come and be involved in the church and to participate in and the life of the church is to have, um, to experience reunion with him and also communion with the with the people who love Jesus and, um, I. I do think that there's this, and I look, I feel this way now as a parent. I mean, I have, I had this like, y'all, I had this weird moment. Um, a girl from a, a girl who actually became a Christian while she was in, at Christ the King is coming on staff at our church in Austin now. And I, and, uh, I was talking to her, I was like, my son is two years away from being in the youth group that you're going <laughs> to be serving in. So, like, I as a parent, now, now I'm in like the parent seat. Um, Brave new world. <laughs> new world. And you know what? What I'm one of the things I'm realizing is that like just as afraid as the youth pastors are in the whole the whole caring for um, students. And I it is so, I, I think part of that fear, at least for me, I think for probably a lot of people in the West, is one of the ways that we treat our fears is with consumption. And I think it's really easy as a parent to treat a youth pastor as a consumer good. So uh, I want my kid to get something out of church and which, you know, that's, that's consumer language, right? Like I want them to get something out of it. And so, um, so we need the youth worker in place, you know, the, the great, 
the great middle school girl leader or the great high school guy leader in place so that my kid will like church. And there's this, I think, a way as parents that we can really feed into a consumeristic mentality for our children and model that for them that they then live into as college students um, and, and adults. Agree. I'm sitting here wondering what the what what you see as the solution to that. We absolutely buy into that, and it's it's from a, a true good place. Just what, what you said. We want our kids to love Jesus and worshiping and being at church, but uh, we definitely buy into that. Yeah, and and kind of maybe yeah. digging into that a little bit more and going back a little bit to what you said of, of the pressure that you felt and kind of being the savior of the ministry. Um, maybe talk about that, not not so much from the, the children's perspective, um, them looking up to you as being the savior, but then also the parents' perspective, parents looking to you as a savior, because then also kind of related to what Ashley was saying, this kind of cult of personality, uh, those who know, John know that he's got this likable personality, and so it could be easy for these parents to just kind of. I, mean, I know, this like is John, such a fun I know, I know you're gonna loving this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but to see how, how parents can jump in and latch onto that, if this is such a likable guy, and why, why aren't our children going? That it makes that almost that much more difficult to push back against that kind of savior mentality. Does that make sense? What I'm asking? Yeah. So your your question then is how do you push against the savior mentality with parents? Yeah, kind of more from the parent perspective. Um, I think I think part of that has to be reframing the way we think about the interview process and what we're even looking for. Um, like whenever, I mean, I get this when sometimes when people are recruiting for youth workers um people will call me because i'm an ruf guy and they'll say hey who's who's someone that you know who's really fun um and easygoing and good up front with people and uh you know it's it's you can even hear in the description of what they're looking for that it's this person who's going to feed uh the consumer mentality rather than hey who's somebody in your group who's really humble that we would want kids to model themselves after, uh, who bears the fruit of the Spirit, who deeply loves Jesus and lives sacrificially. Um, you know, that that person might have a great personality. Um, and they, I mean, I do think it's important for someone to, have, to, to enjoy fun and to have a sense of humor if they're going to work with kids. I think that matters. But um, it's maybe a matter of just putting first things first and thinking about like what's, What's the most important aspect of, uh, of evaluating somebody who's fit for working with, with youth? And who, what are we looking for? I agree. I'll jump in, too. I, I remember reading a book, and I wish I could remember what it was called. And it was talking about how uh, youth ministry has bought into the consumer culture. They want the, you know, the great coffee machine and, and the cool video games to entice the children to come. And John, even, even as you're saying how you felt about somebody modeling Christ for your children, you know, really we need to, as parents, be telling our kids, your youth leader is somebody who's just trying to 
point the way to Christ. You know, we're the just the the conduit. We're just we're just like you said at Elizabeth's wedding, we're a sign pointing to parents are a sign pointing to Jesus and youth workers are a sign pointing to Jesus. And even that I'm feeling like takes a little bit of pressure off the youth worker. If you felt like you were just, you're just pointing the way you don't have to be the guy or the girl. And that's, that's super important. And it, it is really boiling down to that we are consumers in a lot of ways and we need to change that one thing on a different note i wish as we collaborated parents and youth workers is that when we started at at different levels and different times in our ministry that the youth people would tell the parents hey this is where we're going and i'm sure to some extent you do this is what we're hoping for. We're hoping to go through, let's say, the large goal, the New Testament, while your child is in middle school. And we want, ah, wait, I'm losing my train of thought. And my power's going dead. Hang on, I'm going to get my battery. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> well, too, as she's going to, to get, you know, the plug to uh, charge up her computer, uh, speak to some of the, just the ways in which the parent relationship strengthened youth ministry. And then I'll get Ashley to kind of answer that as well as you were kind of going back to your uh, column imagery there of like putting more columns in uh, place to, to take the, yeah, the yeah, yeah. picture off of you. How, how did having a column of parents help strengthen, you know, your youth ministry? I just think that you need, I mean, and part of this is getting to the question you asked earlier that I feel like I didn't totally answer, which is like, what do you do? Like, I'm thinking of someone who's listening to this podcast and is like, well, dang, I feel like I am in the savior role. I've been cast in that role at our church and I don't really know where to go now. Um, I think part of that is just one of the things that we did is we started really small. Um, and the, in terms of getting people on board with viewing youth ministry differently from the savior model. And so, um, I mean, a lot of what I'm talking about is from a book that I know that's been referenced plenty of times, probably at, at RYM circles in this podcast called sustainable youth ministry. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I had, a, I had a couple parents read that book with me, um, and meet with me monthly and talk about it and getting, going through that process with them developed advocates for um, viewing ministry differently. Um, And that, that then became their expectation um, for what youth ministry was going to look like, that they were going to be uh, involved and um, that we were going kind of like what Ashley was talking about before she scurried off to get her plug you working it out actually but they became uh they became real advocates for what we were doing and there was there, there was more collaboration uh, between youth ministry and parents rather than parents dropping their kids off and um you know just kind of hoping that their kids would somehow like church um because we were doing fun stuff because at the end of the day i i really this this was a frustrating thing for me to realize and a humbling thing for me to realize like in terms of the 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 um 
the characters who will be impacting a person's life over the course of their life, the youth minister is um, is probably going to be a minor character in that narrative of their life. Like the Holy Spirit is the main character, right? And then the parents are main characters. And it's really hard if you have parents who, especially parents who are, are um, even bringing their kids to church who aren't really engaged with the spiritual life of uh, and the spiritual development of their children there's not much that you can do as a youth pastor uh, or as a youth worker um, that's going to remedy that um, apart from just a work of the holy spirit which is ultimately what has to happen with anyone but um, i think the common means by which god seems to work in our children's lives is first through through the parents and so i think it's it's imperative that youth workers um, engage with them. Yeah, yeah, and and actually, th- this might have tied into to some of what you were saying of kind of a, a youth worker casting the vision. But as you were, um, I, I don't know if you could hear. I asked John just kind of the uh, how did parents strengthen his ministry, and I kind of referenced his column imagery. And so maybe asking you the same thing: how how did the youth ministry strengthen? the home? How, how was it kind of a column in the home um, to, to kind of reinforce some of what, what you all were teaching in the home or uh, just what are some ways in which it strengthened that uh, relationship in the home? Oh, John, you're getting ready to experience this since Owen is so close to being in youth ministry. But when you know that there is another person who your children probably like, maybe at some point, times more than they like you speaking truth into their lives there's just there's no way to put into words how grateful you are when your goal is to continue pointing your children to the lord and you know you're screwing up all the time making mistakes um but your intention is so right it's just such a relief and a a mercy of the lord that People, he's provided people at your church that, that love your child and that love Jesus and are, and say what you, you know, are pointing them to the Lord and are speaking truth in front of them. So it's, it's immeasurable. I tell all my young friends, my young mom friends, you want to make church a priority because another adult speaking truth into your child's life. I can't tell you how handy it is. It's, it's very life giving. Hmm. Yeah. Amen to that. I mean, that's something I've said on this podcast many times is just as a parent, I've realized how much I need help in raising my children. And now that my daughter is in youth group, um, having other voices, uh, yeah, I mean, just what you said, speaking into my daughter's life, I mean, it is invaluable. Um, and it is, yeah, life-giving for sure to have someone else coming alongside you uh, saying those same things where, you know, my, my daughter comes in the house and says, hey, this is what y'all said, and this is what I heard tonight. And that's just, yeah, such an encouragement, a shot in the arm. 
And more often than not, John, I think how you hear it come back to you is, hey, this is what I heard. And you're thinking to yourself, I've only told you that 5,000 <laughs> times. But when right. someone else tells them and it makes sense, who cares how they got it? It's so amazing. Um, I, John Parrott, I told you earlier, I read this quote today, and it said, good things are easily destroyed, but not easily created. And I feel like that is so true with children. We're working so hard trying to build and building blocks and continue pointing them to the Lord. And they can go to school, and in one day, um, destruction's just quick. It happens so fast, but that building up process takes all hands on deck, in my opinion. And, and John just so beautifully did that. There was a time we uh, needed to call him at an inconvenient time, and he took the call by the grace of God and, and helped us navigate a, you know something difficult, which every parent deals with all the time through different seasons. And so that that person, that youth worker is just super important. That goes both ways too. I mean, just like Ashley saying the, the youth worker is important in the life of developing a child. A parent is really important in the life of developing a youth ministry. Even something as simple as just committing, we're going to get our kids to go and be part of whatever the church has determined is our youth program. As people who've made vows to submit ourselves to the authority of the church and to support the church, who've made vows at baptisms to care for um, covenant children and to do whatever we can in our power, um, to, to just simply say, hey, there's a youth ministry thing happening and you're going to go. We're going to get you there. And I think one of the reasons, I just noticed this, like, and I'm seeing this with my own kids, too, with pretty much anything that your kid is a part of, um, whether it's drama or sports teams or a club or whatever, if they miss the meeting, there's immediate consequences. Like, you're not going to play the game because you didn't come to practice. You're going to get the worst role in the drama club because you, you weren't here. Um, when we needed you at this rehearsal or whatever, um, there's immediate repercussions. And the funny thing is with youth ministry is there's not immediate repercussions for missing a couple weeks of youth ministry or even months of youth ministry. But it's the, it's kind of to Ashley's point of building something beautifully slowly, uh, building something good slowly, but it, it's, over time, making incremental investments in your child um, by simply getting them to the church, even when they may not have a lot of friends in the youth ministry yet, and even when they may not want to go, just saying, this is something that's important to us and that we're going to do as a family. And I, I don't know, Ashley, if you want to speak to like, how, do, how, do, how should parents think about that when their kids legit just don't want to be there? <laughs> um, but uh I, as a youth pastor, it was so helpful to me to even just have parents who I knew were advocating for their children to be part of what we were doing. And I could kind of just count on them to be there because it's important. You need, if you're trying to build a community and youth ministry, like you have to have students there to do that. Thanks for throwing me a softball. <laughs> <laughs>
It's so hard. And I think you're probably sitting there thinking, and it varies child to child. It varied in my family, child to child. And, um, that's just a, that's just a hard part as one who has been in youth ministry. You, you've got to have those core kids. You just need them. And I agree with you. And I think as parents, I mean, we could, we could go John Parrott for hours talking about how parents need, need to prioritize getting their children to youth group and how we do that when they don't want to and how we dial down the sports. I'm going to, just go ahead and say it. I know that's super controversial, but a lot of reasons that children can't participate in youth group are sports. And John, you're right. The consequences are there, but how do we as believers, um, make what's primary primary and it's a messy process, but I think each family has to pray about it and figure out how it looks for them because, I just know from having two grown children, when they want to be there, they get there. Yeah. Yeah. And think about like, if there's a kid who, um, they're, um, they're not doing well in school, their parents will take them kicking and screaming to the SAT tutor <laughs> that they think they need to go to. And they'll be like, Mom, I don't want to go. I don't want to go to the SAT tutor. Like, you know what? It's for your own good. I don't care. You don't want to go. You are doing this because this is for your good, and I care about you. And um, in the same – just in the same way, though, I think for some reason when our children say that about church, we're – there's a hesitancy to uh, to push them towards. You know what? I know you don't want to go, but this is for your good. Um, man, I know that that's a really tricky situation that varies, like you said, actually, even from kid to kid. But um, I do think that we tip our hand of what we actually value uh, in terms of what we're willing to dig our heels in as parents and tell our kids they have you have to go to the SAT tutoring. Or you have to go to um, to this sports practice versus do, our, our parents. One way that parents really help youth ministries is to um, to really encourage their kids. Like you, you've got to you got to do this. Like this is part of what of what we're doing as a family, and I want you to, to do it. And um, if there's a stu- if there's a kid who really really doesn't want to be there, that's probably a whole nother conversation but in my experience oftentimes um, the kids who weren't always showing up it wasn't necessarily because they didn't want to be there it was just because they had other priorities and the priorities hadn't been modeled for them from the parents with the priorities you know that that's hard and that's family to family but where I totally agree with you is that we do tip our hand by what we do as parents. And it's just, it's just not easy. And I think sometimes the reason we give them the out, if they, if we sense they don't want to go on a retreat or on a, uh, to maybe youth night at the church is from a good place because we, we don't want our kids to like go Something in a parent that loves Jesus doesn't want our kid to go kicking and screaming to church because mm-hmm. it it doesn't feel right. It's like we shouldn't have to force Jesus because we 
that relate, we understand as parents, the Holy Spirit and all that, but that is a tension. I, I like how you picked up on it because it's a tension that we need to somehow figure out. So to me, it's from hearing what you said, it's the parental priorities and then how we view handling a child that maybe doesn't want to go and how we, we need to have a higher view of Jesus and just know he's going to work it out. I mean, when we are doing the right thing, it's not going to come back void. The Lord will use it. It may look ugly for a while, but we need to have more trust in the Lord's ultimate plan and just in, in the mess. Bye. Here you go. <laughs> dropping you off. Well, yeah, I know I'm jumping in here. Cause I know we've got just a, a little bit of time left. Um, maybe as we're talking about these priorities, talking about the challenges, uh, maybe getting you two to dig in on that a little bit more and maybe giving advice specifically in this area to the youth workers and, and parents that are listening. Um, when, you know, there's conflicting priorities between the youth ministry and then the home. How, how does a youth worker speak into that? How does a parent want a youth worker to speak into that? When should a youth worker kind of back off and not get in the middle of that? There's a lot there, but how can y'all give some, you know, counsel advice just kind of in the midst of that, that tension that I know every youth worker and parent is dealing with? It's a great question. I would encourage any youth worker to, to go into that with as much humility as possible and recognizing that um, not all parents, but many parents really know their kids and are doing their best. And um, I think uh, allowing parents to speak into, um, into your life and how you're approaching their children and listening to them um, and, and really trying to come alongside them in that is important. So I would say leading with humility and especially just, rec- I mean, I think about when I was uh, in youth ministry starting out and I was 23 years old and I had no idea what it was, what it was like to be a parent, but I was working with them all the time. And so <laughs> I'm just trying to have as much humility as possible. Um, and I think uh, my encouragement to a parent, if your kid doesn't want to go to church, um, would again be humility and to, to really listen to your child. Um, and because there's probably some kind of hurt or, awkwardness or loneliness or fear that's underneath all of that. And um, I think rather than um, pushing against that awkwardness or hurt or fear with brute force, um, I think even leading with weakness and um, perhaps even sharing about times when you feel awkward or hurt or um, afraid and what does it look like for Christ to be with us in that? Why, why is Jesus precious to you in the ways that he meets you in your fear and awkwardness? Um, I think the more we can lead with our weakness uh, and with humility with our kids, um, rather than telling them what they should do, um, showing them um, how Christ has helped us um, and our needs, um, I think is, a, is an important way. To just be thinking, at least be thinking about like, why is my kid not, not want to do this? Like, I want to be gentle and and really be in the long haul with them. Like, youth workers are going to be with kids for like six years. Parents, you know, Lord willing, are in the long haul uh, with them for decades. And so, uh, 
man, if your kid, if your kid doesn't want to go to, to church, um, but you've been able to have conversations with them about why they don't want to go in a way that's humble and uh, is seasoned with listening and grace, uh, that will hopefully beget them to have future conversations for years to come. I really like the idea of being a great listener, a humble listener, and um, giving them a voice in the why, even though it should be, then it should turn into a, this is what we do. But I like that. I, I don't really have a lot of wisdom here. I worship and attending church is such a priority that a lot of parents, myself included, you know, sometimes we put other things ahead of that, but it needs to be a priority for every Christian family. We need to be in worship. We need to be in Sunday school. Our kids need to be there. We need to be there. And we need to be modeling that that is just one way we get to interact with the body of believers and model that in a lot of humility with a lot of joy and showing how much we value that the community of, of Christians at our local churches. I mean, it's so important so that our kids then see that value. Yeah, that's well said. I mean, just like, like you said, modeling that in the home. And I mean, John, that's, you know, some of what you said as well, of just they, they are watching us, our children are, and they are going to see, you know, as we tip our hand a little bit about what's important and what we're making time for and so how vitally important it is and then also kind of speaking more to those youth workers and maybe the young ones you know now that I have children and I've got a child in the youth group I have been so humbled by the Lord of how absolutely hard it is to be a parent and how this is not as easy as I thought it was and uh, so just so many statements and thoughts that I had about parents continue to come back in my mind and the Lord's humbling me um, from that. So I think this conversation is very helpful. And so just uh, to remind youth workers to, to be humble, to be patient with parents and to be loving. And it is, it is a beautiful partnership when it works well. Uh, so look, I know we're running out of time, John, Ashley, it means a lot that y'all took the time out to come on. And uh, we do hope that this conversation is, is helpful to, to parents and youth workers out there to uh, move forward, to have this beautiful partnership inside a local church. So thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having us, John. It's fun to be here. Thanks, Ashley. You spoke way too well of me. Come and buy without money. Oh, come and feast without pay.